This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's Word. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number six, and as I mentioned to you this morning, we're looking in the morning hour on the Lord's Day at back to the basics and examining the basics of the New Testament church. And then in the evening, we're looking at the basics of Christian living. And uh, as we begin this year uh, and this decade, I'm asking the Lord to speak to us about getting back to the simplicity of the Christian life. Life gets complicated, doesn't it? And the world in which we live is a complicated world. But the Lord has called us to simplicity and sincerity in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to speak to you on the basics of spirit-filled living. The basics of spirit-filled living We'll look together in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll also look in just a moment in Galatians chapter number 5 as well. But we'll begin in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Let's pray together. Our Father, we, as we approach your word together, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would use uh, this passage in our lives that You would use me to communicate your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill me with thyself. Help me not to be filled in any way with any fleshly or carnal desire or any fleshly motive or any carnal motive. I pray, God, that you would help me to speak the words that you want communicated in Uh, this message in this hour. May I be faithful to the scripture and I pray that you would help us and open our hearts and our minds to this truth that we so desperately need as we think about uh, living a spirit-filled life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible teaches very clearly that all who know the Lord Jesus as their Savior uh, have experienced the indwelling presence of of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The moment that you were saved, you were baptized by the Holy Ghost. Now, in Acts chapter number two, we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming upon the church. And that was the empowerment of the church, the empowering of the church. That was the impartation of the Holy Spirit upon the hearts and minds of those who believed. But we, in this age, Uh, We receive the Holy Spirit of God the moment 
that we are saved. He comes to dwell within us. And so we are indwelt by the Holy Ghost. We are baptized by the Holy Ghost. Uh, When you are saved, you are sealed by the Holy Ghost, and you receive the gifts of the Spirit, and you receive the earnest of your inheritance. And so many things happen the moment that we are saved and the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell within us. Uh, we, uh, I think it's interesting to note that he, he, we receive the gifts of the Spirit, and there are varying gifts of the Spirit that the Lord imparts to his people. And I think it's interesting to note, Pastor Tony Shirley was with our preachers who gathered for the preacher's rest uh, back in September, and he spoke on the subject of the difference between uh, ministering in our spiritual gift and ministering and laboring in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see, we receive gifts. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and we can labor in those gifts. Perhaps you have a gift to teach, or you have uh, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You, you received that gift the moment the Spirit of God came into your life to dwell in you. And uh, you, can, you can use that gift, but because you're using that gift, it doesn't always mean that you are laboring in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as a preacher, I have to consider that principle in my own life because There are many times I'm called on to minister to people. There are many times I'm called on to speak to people. Uh, Maybe it's a chapel service or maybe uh, a Wednesday night meeting or a Sunday school teachers and workers meeting or a staff meeting. Um, There are many, many times that I may speak to people and God has given me a spiritual gift as a pastor. But I... I I cannot fall into the trap of just laboring in that gift without full dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And this is something that the Lord is teaching me, and I want to be faithful to that, and I hope it will be a help to you. You know, the Bible speaks of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. We don't have time to examine all of that this evening, but the Lord Jesus spoke of that when he prepared his disciples For the time of his departure, when he was about to go to the cross, he said, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to send you uh, the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. He called him the Comforter, and he is our Comforter. He is our Enabler. He empowers us. Uh, He is our Teacher. The Lord Jesus said he will teach you all things. And in Romans chapter number 8, we have a wonderful uh, picture of him as our Intercessor to think about this, that the Holy Spirit ministers to us and he ministers for us, interceding for us uh, on behalf of our needs in the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit prays for us. Not only does he pray for us, but he helps us in our prayers because the Bible teaches that many times we do not know how to pray as we ought to. And we just simply cannot find the words. Uh, the, the, the desires of our heart and the emotions and the experiences that we're living through, the burdens that we may carry, sometimes it is difficult for us to even uh, learn to state that to the Lord, 
to make that clear, uh, to express all that is going on in our hearts. But we know that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. He searches the mind of God and the mind of, of those who are praying to him. And he, he knows uh, how, how that the will of God is operating in our life. And he intercedes for us. Isn't that wonderful to know? So we received a wonderful thing when the Holy Spirit came to dwell within us. Now, though we have the Spirit and we cannot lose the Spirit, once you've received the Holy Spirit, you cannot lose the Holy Spirit. And so we have the Spirit, we cannot lose the Spirit, and the Spirit will not depart from us. But it is possible, though we cannot lose Him, it is possible for us to grieve Him and to quench Him with the sin and the rebellion that often uh, floods our hearts and our minds and so therefore because of that we are commanded in the scripture to be filled with the holy spirit and so i want to give you three thoughts tonight i trust that god will use them to help us all to understand what it means to live the spirit filled life number one if you're writing things down i hope you'll write this down the spirit filled life requires obedience the spirit-filled life requires obedience. Now, <clears throat> the Bible teaches us, as I mentioned a moment ago, the minute that I received Christ, the Holy Spirit came to dwell within me. So this is not a prayer for the Holy Spirit to come again to me. This is not a command that I would, uh, that I would ask the Holy Spirit to come once again upon me and fill me again because when I was saved, I received the Holy Spirit in full measure. I received the Holy Spirit. But what happens over time in my life because of my flesh and my sinful nature, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, what happens over time is that I began to grieve and to quench the work of the Holy Spirit. I began to fill my life with things that are displeasing to the Lord. And I, as I do that, begin to crowd out uh, the, the presence of the Spirit in my life. And so I, I want us to see some things here. We're commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, a, literal a literal translation of this uh, would, meet, would go like this. You and I are, are to be being filled. We are to be being filled. That means that this is a continuous process in our lives. I, I used to think there might come a time uh, when I was young, I used to think there might come a time when I would attain to a level of spiritual living, a plane of spiritual living where I never had any more problems, where I never had any more struggles. Um, and what I mean by that is problems with my own self. Not that I wouldn't have problems at all, but that I wouldn't have problems and struggles in my flesh, that I would attain to a level of Christian living that uh, I would just jump up out of the bed every morning and I would be filled with the Spirit and I would be eager and happy to read my Bible and spend time in prayer and, and talk about the Lord and never have a bad day or a bad attitude. I never deal with uh, my flesh again. And uh, I found out, as many of you have, 
that that day will never come. That day will never come. And so uh, the Lord is teaching us to depend fully upon the Spirit of God. We are to be in a state, a continuous state, of depending on him and seeking the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so the idea is one of keeping yourself constantly filled as you yield moment by moment to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, we find sometimes that in our lives we can be filled with the Spirit. But in just a moment, somebody says something to us or we get some news that we did not expect. And uh, we can go from being filled to the Spirit to being, uh, to being the victim of our own flesh in just a moment, right? And so we understand that the spiritual life is a moment-by-moment dependence upon the Holy Spirit to fill us with himself. Now, let me give you three shades of meaning as we consider this word uh, filled, be filled with the Spirit. We understand that this is a moment-by-moment process. This is not a once-and-for-all process, but it is a moment-by-moment dependence upon the Holy Ghost. And, and, And there are three shades of meaning that help us understand what it means to be filled. Now, the first shade of meaning here when we think about the word filled means that we would be uh, carried along by the Holy Spirit, that we would be carried along uh, by the Holy Spirit. It is the same word that is used to describe the wind as it fills the sail on the boat. Uh, in In the men's conference yesterday, Uh, the pastor was speaking about going out on a sailboat and how that uh, the person who was uh, whose boat he was on and uh, was uh, was able to maneuver the sails that no matter what direction the wind was blowing as he maneuvered those sails the wind filled those sails and it propelled the ship in the direction that he intended for it to go And so we have that picture here as we think about being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are to set our sails, we are to raise our sails, and we are to allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to lead us. Now, uh, the wind, remember when the Holy Spirit came in to the believers in the upper room, there came a sound as a mighty rushing, say it with me, wind, right? And then you remember that David when he was going to fight the Philistines, was seeking counsel from the Lord. And the Lord said, when you hear the going in the tops of the mulberry trees. And then Jesus, as he explained the new birth to Nicodemus, he spoke about the wind blowing where it listeth. And so as believers, we are to set our sails. We are to allow God by his spirit to fill us and to lead us and to not just simply lead us, but to propel us forward by his power. There's another idea here. Uh, If you've ever taken a a stick and thrown it in a stream and just watched the stick as it moved down the stream, the stream would carry it. You never knew exactly what uh, exact path the stick would take. Uh, it It would glide along 
the, the face of the water and uh, the stream may take it to a rock and then maneuver it around and then down uh, into a smoother spot. But we've all uh, probably at some point in our lives thrown those little sticks in the water just to watch them flow down the stream. You and I are to become like those sticks. We are to yield our will, our body, our mind to the Holy Spirit, our emotions to the Holy Spirit, and we are to allow him to direct us, to conduct us along the path. Not that we have determined. That's where we get a little afraid, right? Because we like to be in control. But in this, in, 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 as we're filled with the Spirit, we are not in control. God is in control. The second shade of meaning, it, to be filled with the Spirit, means to be permeated by the Spirit, to be permeated uh, by the Spirit. And uh, maybe uh, you have at some point uh, placed some dye in a cup of water, just a, a drop of dye, and you've seen how that that dye, uh, it doesn't just stay in a drop, does it? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't just drop into the cup of water and you say, oh, look at that little drop of dye in that water. No, what happens is that dye permeates all of that water. The influence of that dye fills that water and changes its color. And so to be filled with the Spirit means that we are to be permeated. We're to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and He is to permeate. He is to, to, to cover every area of our lives. That means he's in, he, he just spills out of us uh, in our mouth and what we say and in our face and in our actions and our attitudes and our responses and, and the way we manage our lives and the, all of the areas of our life, the Holy Spirit is in control. He permeates us. The third shade of meaning here means to be dominated by or controlled by the Spirit. To be dominated by or controlled by. Now, as Paul is writing in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18, he gives us a, a, a warning. He, 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 he gives us this warning for comparison's sake. Notice what he says in the beginning in verse number 18. And be not, what's the next word? Drunk. Be not drunk with wine. Now, when somebody uh, is drunk, when, when someone is, is intoxicated, uh, they're no longer sober. They're no longer sober. That means they are no longer in control of themselves. They, they no longer have self-control. They've, they've lost that ability. And now they are under the influence of alcohol. If someone is arrested who has uh, been drinking alcohol as they've been driving their car, they charge them with DUI, driving under the influence. That means they don't possess the ability to control that vehicle as they should that would maintain a safe course on the road, not only for themselves, but for all who would encounter them. But it means that they are no longer under control to, to, to operate that vehicle and their, their control has been impaired by the alcohol. In the same way, the Lord says, don't be controlled by alcohol. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so we see that the Spirit-filled life requires obedience. 
Notice what the Bible says here in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So this is a command. It is a command I am to obey. Now, he's not asking me to acquire the Holy Spirit. He imparts the Holy Spirit to me when I'm saved. What he's asking me to do is to continually rely moment by moment upon the power of the Holy Ghost. And he's telling me here, how I may do it. Notice, if you would, please, in uh, verse number 19, he says, be filled with the Spirit, verse 18. Number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Uh, This is a way that I can stay uh, filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the way that I can pursue obedience to this command. I can speak to myself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in my heart to the Lord. I I need to have a song in my heart, don't I? Do you ever sing to yourself when you're despondent, when you're downcast, when you're fearful? That's why these hymns are so important, aren't they? The theology that they teach what we know of God as we sing them. And these children who come into our church and sing them from the time of their childhood, those lyrics are burned in their hearts. And in times when trials may come, God can call those passages and those songs to their hearts. And so we are to keep a song in our heart. Notice this in verse number 20. uh, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to keep an attitude of gratitude, right? And he says, giving thanks, how often, church? Always. And for how many things, church? All things. Does that include the good things? Yes, it does. Does that include the things that maybe we don't perceive to be so good? Yes, all things. And we know that all things, Romans 8, 28, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That's why we can be thankful for those things because God is using those things, all things, for our good according to his purpose. And so I am to maintain an attitude of gratitude. I am to keep a song in my heart. And then verse 21, he says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I am to humble myself. The Bible says we ought not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. But we ought to humble ourselves. We ought to submit ourselves one to another. In a marriage, and and that illustration is given for us, and that truth and that principle uh, is given for us in verses 23 through 33, we understand that if a marriage is to work, then a husband who is the leader, well, he has to be submitted, number one, to Jesus, Number two, he has to be submitted to his wife and to his family because anyone who is going to lead his family uh, is going to be submitted to the needs of his wife and his children. He doesn't care, uh, or he should not care, rather, or should not make a priority fulfilling his needs and his wants and his desires. But he should make a priority of meeting their needs, not their selfish whims, but their needs. And so we're to submit one to another. And that begins with submission to the Lord. And then as we submit one to another, then we can fulfill the roles and responsibilities that we have in our homes, our relationships. In chapter 6 and verse 1, he speaks about children obeying their parents in the Lord. If a child's going to do that, that doesn't come natural, does it? 
Does it come natural? How are you going to do that? Well, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to recognize, it doesn't come natural for me to do what mom and dad say, right? Some of you could say amen. I mean, maybe you don't want to at this moment because you're afraid you might, you know, get seen or get caught, right? But um, it is true. It is true. And, and, but in that moment, do you know what you need? You need to be reliant upon the Holy Spirit. You need to be reliant on the Holy Spirit. Honor thy father and mother, uh, the Bible says. And then in verse 4, and you fathers provoke not your children to wrath. Uh, sometimes as a father, that's a tough job, right? Uh, you wait till, till one of those precious little children tell you they're not going to do what you want to do. And you, you want to force your, impose your will upon them, you know. And uh, then you can provoke them to wrath. Well, how am I to avoid that? I tell you how I can avoid it, by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And isn't this wonderful how God shows us the context of living out the Spirit-filled Christian life? It's not just on Sunday behind the pulpit or in the pew. It's at home in our daily business. But not only is it home, look at this in verse number five. Servants, be obedient to them that your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart is unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of God doing the will of God from the heart. With goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. You see, Paul is dealing with a culture that is uh, the economy and the way, of thing, the way things were done in that day. There were many who were enslaved. Now, the slavery and the system of slavery in those days obviously is not ideal, but it is not necessarily what we might think of in American history and the experiences that many went through uh, in the 1800s uh, through the period of slavery. This was a culturally accepted thing. It doesn't mean it was right, but it was culturally accepted. And Paul is dealing with Christians who attend the same church. Some are masters and some are slaves. And he's trying to help them understand that their relationship to Christ supersedes that relationship of slave and master. And that what they do and whatever role they may play, they are to play it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't think we have any slaves here tonight, right? Some of you might think you are, uh, but you aren't, trust me. Uh, but you have an employer, or you might be an employer and seated here tonight. Uh, or you might be an employee and seated here tonight. And so how you respond to your employer and how you respond as an employer to your employees, well, that is the realm that God says you're to live out the spirit-filled life. You see, you can't go to work tomorrow and get away from this because the, the laboratory to demonstrate whether you are filled with the Spirit is in home and is at work and is in the market and it's 24-7 the way you live your life. And God desires and commands for his people to be filled with the Spirit. And so the Spirit-filled life requires obedience. Let me give you the second thought, and that is this. The Spirit-filled life encounters opposition. The spirit-filled life encounters opposition. 
if it did not encounter opposition, then there would be no need for the command that we would be filled, that we would be being filled, that we would stay underneath the spout and allow the Holy Spirit to continuously uh, fill us if there were no opposition. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. Just turn a few pages back there. Galatians 5 and verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, or for the flesh rather, lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So here we find a conflict. We're introduced to a conflict. It is a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. The lust of the flesh versus the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we see this this battle, this tension that exists. And though we are redeemed, though we have the Holy Spirit living in us, Though, though our soul is eternally redeemed, I want you to know that this body is not redeemed. This body and the body that you're living in is going to perish. And this body is dead in the trespasses and sins. And so we live in a body of flesh, and we have uh, the, the, the flesh to contend with. And so he says in verse 17, the flesh lusteth or desires against the spirit, it desires what the spirit, uh, it, it desires against the spirit, right? Spirit tells me do this. The flesh says no. The spirit says don't do that. And the flesh says yes. Isn't that what Paul said happened in his life in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 to 25? I encourage you to read it sometime when he spoke about the thing that he doesn't want to do, he continues to do. And the thing that he doesn't want to do, uh, he does. And the thing that he knows he needs to do, he doesn't. Well, that sounds like us, right? How many of you say that sounds like me? You're awake tonight and honest enough to admit that that's you, right? Amen. Well, that's Paul. And Paul is speaking to us, and he's saying, hey, there's a battle going on, and we need to understand that we're in a battle. Now, notice verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Here he lists for us the works of the flesh. You know, it would be good for us sometime to take our Bible and get a dictionary and, and, and define these words and begin to understand them. Uh, they deal with ma all matters of sexual sins. They deal with idolatry. Uh, they deal with the fact that we choose something to worship above God by expressing more devotion to whatever that thing may be. And it, it deprives God, God of his glory, witchcraft. I don't think anybody in here wants to cast any spells, but the Bible tells us that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, so our hearts are often filled with rebellion. And uh, hatred, is there somebody that you just can't stand? <laughs> is there somebody that you hate? That's a work of the flesh, not of the spirit. We live in a world filled with hate, don't we? 
variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. All of these things we find are the works of the flesh. And these are the things that uh, we naturally find an inclination to do. How do we then rise above that? How do we then rise above that? Well, notice again in verse 16 what he says. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I am not walking in the spirit, if I'm not seeking the fullness of the spirit, then I am by a matter of default going to walk according to my flesh. I can't not I, I can't just come to Sunday and get a good dose to last me all week, right? I've got to maintain my walk with God. I have to moment by moment depend on his spirit to fill me. I have to moment by moment keep my, 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 my account with him in the matter of my sin. I have to confess that to him. I have to get those things out of my heart and confess them to him so he can cleanse me, so he can remove those things from my life so that I am not grieving the Spirit of God by my disobedience, so I'm not quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit in my heart because I'm not feeding myself with the truth of God's Word. I must learn Therefore, that I'm in a battle, and the battle requires diligence. The Spirit-filled life encounters opposition. Let me give you the third thing. The Spirit-filled life produces fruit. The Spirit-filled life produces fruit. Notice, if you would, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, would you read this list with me? The fruit of the Spirit is, number one, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And so here we see the graces of the fruit of the Spirit, love. You know how you, you can know that you're filled with the Spirit is, do you love God? And do you love the brethren? Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. And so do you love the Lord tonight? Do you love him with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Do you love him? Do you love the brothers? Do you love the sisters? Joy. Do you have joy despite the circumstances, despite the trials, despite what's happening in our world? Do you have joy? peace, peace. Is your heart filled with peace tonight? Or are you restless? Are you stirred up? Are you unhappy? Have you ever met somebody you're not really quite sure you should approach them? Because you just don't know how they're going to respond. And so you feel like almost at times you have to walk on eggshells. You see, they don't have the peace of God ruling in their hearts, do they? You don't know what you're going to get. Peace. Do you have peace ruling in your heart? You say, well, things aren't going my way. Join the club, right? That's what many of you would say. Understand this. Everything is going our way because God is working on our good, and he gives us the peace that passes all understanding. Peace. Long-suffering. 
long-suffering. Oh, we get weary in, in trials and tribulations, don't we? We can't wait for them to end. We just hope they're over. And uh, we just can't understand why we're having to endure what we're having to endure. Well, the Bible teaches us that the Lord is working patience in our lives, isn't he? And he, we are to let patience have her perfect work in us, and we're to be long-suffering, not only with our circumstances, but with people, right? With people. And uh, may God help us to be patient and long-suffering. Then gentleness, gentleness, not harsh, not bitter, not angry, uh, not loud and boisterous, and I have a tendency to be that way, but gentle, gentle. And then goodness, goodness, to do what's right, to do what's good, uh, to, to do good deeds, and to behave ourselves wisely. Faith, not to lose hope, not to lose hope, but to speak in faith. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to have faith. You say, well, this, this, this situation looks dire, but I believe God, and I'm going to trust him, and, and, and God's going to see us through. That's faith. Uh, being able to see, instead of, uh, as uh, Dr. Robertson used to talk I used to quote the poem often. It said, two men behind prison bars, one saw the mud and the other saw the stars. Oh, where are you looking? Let's keep our eyes on the Lord, right? Let's don't look always at the mud. Let's look always at the stars. And so uh, faith, meekness. What is meekness? It is not weakness. It's strength under control. It is being yielded to the Spirit of God. It is, it is being it is demonstrating a spirit of humility, meekness, temperance. That's self-control, self-control. And he says, against such there is no law. And so here are the graces of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Bible says in verse 24, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. If we live in the spirit. Do you know how you know if you live in the spirit? You live in the spirit if you've received Jesus as your savior. Then the spirit is in you. And he says, so if we live in the spirit, let us also do what, church? Walk in the spirit. Uh, let's go. Now, what does he mean by walk? He means let's live our daily lives. If we live in the spirit, we have life. You see, the moment you were, before you were saved, you were dead. But now, though you had physical life, you had no spiritual life. But once you received the Holy Spirit, once you were saved, the Spirit came into you and gave you life. He that believeth, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Right? Well, we were dead, but now we have life. So we have spiritual life, and, and, and though we have spiritual life, we learn that we are also to walk in the Spirit. We are to live our lives in dependence uh, and in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So the Spirit-filled life produces fruit. And therefore, we see the necessity, we, need, we see the necessity of the Spirit-filled life. Now, our righteousness depends on it, doesn't it? If we're going to walk in a way that pleases God, then we have to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, the harmony of the church, the unity of the believers, the unity of the family, the purity of our lives, the spirit of love in our hearts, uh, our testimony, and our ability to redeem the time as those things are revealed in Ephesians 4 and 5, 
That depends on our relationship to the Holy Spirit. So the believer's righteousness depends upon it. Not only that, but the believer's relationships depend upon it. Our marital relationship, our parental relationship, our professional relationship. All depends upon this, walking in the Spirit. And then our responsibilities, our righteousness, our relationships, and our responsibilities. You know what God says? He said we're to walk in a way that pleases him. That means we're to live our life and conduct our life in a way that pleases him. But how about our work? That's our ministry. Uh, we are to depend upon him. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, don't get up here and sing a song on a Sunday if you haven't prayed and sought the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Don't stand in front of a Bible club or a Sunday school class if you haven't sought the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Don't sing in the choir if you're not seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't serve in the nursery if you're not seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, we must all depend upon the fullness of the Holy Ghost and seek his power. Our walk, our work, our worship. How are we going to worship God if we're not filled with his Spirit? How are we going to please him? Our warfare against Satan. Oh, listen, we're in a, we're in a battle, friends. Listen, flesh and blood's not the enemy, right? So I can't fight in flesh. I got to fight in the power of the Holy Ghost with the sword of the Spirit. And then uh, my witness depends upon it. If I'm going to be a witness to a lost and dying world, I must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, we're looking here at the basics of the Spirit-filled life. Let me ask you a question. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.